to another Inward Authority podcast. In this episode, we're going to learn more about how God is not partial. God is fair and just. To grow in God's righteousness, we must cling more tightly to God's righteousness. We must learn to gradually release our grip more and more upon ungodliness as we grasp more and more God's righteousness. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In 5.10, Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then in verse 20, Matthew 5.20, Jesus says, For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. God's righteousness involves God's truth, mercy, peace, forgiveness, compassion, justice, and love. All of God's character traits kind of working together. We can all imperfectly improve ourselves towards what is perfect. One description the Bible makes consistently about God is that God is not partial to people. God loves us, but does not approve of ways outside of God's righteousness. Anything we choose to think and do outside of growing in God's righteousness may affect our salvation. It is God that offers us a choice into salvation or destruction. It is our choice. We have free will. But first, we need to undergo learning and training to know and better understand God's righteousness. It is our responsibility to exercise our thinking upon God's righteousness to grow in it. It is our responsibility to schedule time and apply ourselves. God will not do this for us. The walking in our faith is our responsibility. If we choose to ignore this crucial part of our salvation, then how can we be saved? The Bible describes God, and one description the Bible says over and over about God is that God is just. Since God is just, and our salvation is impacted by our serving God, let's get to know a little bit better what the Bible means about God being just. God is just and fair. Colossians 4.1 Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair knowing that you also have a master in heaven. It can be easier to serve God if God is our master. Do we think of God as being our master? And if God is our master, whom we serve, then we are to grow in being more just and fair. That involves patient discernment. Deuteronomy 16.19 You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, nor take a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. Our inward actions have inward consequences. Bribes, for example, come in many forms. Some forms of bribes are simple favors. Now, if I go and do evil and I justify it because someone is going to help me in some way, whether it is money or something else, then I am, I am accepting a bribe. The world is full of ways to influence people or win people over, and we ought to be careful with this. Who wants to be blind and twisted? And if we have participated in such behavior, then we may require some straightening out from our twistedness. 
bribe is defined by merriamwebster.com as money or favor given or promised in order to influence the judgment or conduct of a person in a position of trust. God loves everyone the same, but God's grace can grow in those who respond with God's righteousness in their heart, soul, strength, diligence, and spirit. Please listen to the series on spiritual growth formula to better understand that. Remember, each episode can add a little bit more of understanding. If I have $5 to give and two different people come to me who need $5, I will need to discern who to give it to. Let's say one person is a family member who I love, but this family member practices dishonesty and is not responsible with money. Then the other person is someone at my work who is responsible with money and reliable, but our personalities clash and I just don't like them. The real question I need to answer is, what does God want me to do with that $5? If Jesus was next to me whispering in my ear, how would Jesus guide me? Believe it or not, we learn a lot about how to behave by watching what other people do and doing likewise. This helps us work together to do many things, but in some cases it can be destructive. If we choose to do something simply because it's what we do, we may be missing the mark. There is a cognitive bias known as bandwagon effect. This is one of over a hundred forms of cognitive bias which can be found online with Wikipedia. Just search for list of cognitive bias online and wiki. Wikipedia defines bandwagon effect as tendency of an individual to acquire a particular style, behavior, or attitude because everyone else is doing it. To follow God without partiality to people is to stay with God's interests when others are not. We can consider the crowd and their interest as part of our discernment, but ultimately, we are to seek out what God wants us to do and then do that. We can ask the question, what will help me align myself more with God's righteousness? Consultation with others who are not partial with the crowd or seeking not to be partial with the crowd is highly recommended. If the crowd is following God and we follow God, it can look like we are following each other but we are not. If God is just and true and we follow falsehood, then we are not following God. If truth is north and the crowd shifts to false flattery or northeast, we must still go north. It has never been comforting to choose something against popular belief. I try to use thorough analysis of facts to help me discern truth. And I have found that popular beliefs sometimes will be ridiculously outside of that truth. In these occasions, it's easier to make such choices. Sometimes going true north when the crowd is going a different direction, it can be socially awkward. It can be socially awkward to be seeking what is just, what is fair, and what is impartial. There was a time when I was helping with a youth group. I had some projects around the house and I invited a high schooler to come help me. I said I would pay him. He asked me if his cousin could come along. Now, I was acquainted with this cousin and assumed his cousin would get distracted and play and not really work. I told them both I would pay them according to how well they worked. This is a true story. Everything went as I predicted. The, stu the student or, or, or kid that I asked to help out, who I really believe was a hard worker, worked hard. And his cousin did not. 
they were paid differently according to their work. I knew I was acting right by not being partial and by holding to the agreement and staying true to my word. And I also knew I was being socially awkward, maybe perceived as mean, yet we were all in agreement. It was fair, it was just, and it was without partiality. And that was grace. With all that said, I believe through practice we can grow to understand how to be more fair and not partial to people. I believe being a Christian involves social awkwardness through our practice of righteousness. Practice with making difficult choices and staying true to our word is needed to grow in our discernment. This involves trial and error. This does not mean we cannot change our minds. It does not mean we can't make mistakes and then try to right the wrongs, apologize, and make amends. We will make mistakes. We can apologize and seek to right our wrongs. When others repent with remorse, I believe it is good to show mercy and forgive. If that kid would have asked for another chance, I would have given him that chance. We can practice asking ourselves what is important to God and then exercise due diligence to learn the answers. We can practice seeking righteous actions throughout each day. We can discuss biblical examples with standing firm in God's righteousness. My strength is in truth and fairness, but I am weak in compassion, love, meekness, and mercy. Through the practice of patience and humility, I am able to grow. I hope to connect with others who seek to learn and grow in God's righteousness. Jesus says in Mark 3.35, For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. This doing the will of God involves some people who go to church and some who don't. It involves some who read the Bible and some who don't. It involves some who are extreme sinners and some who are more pure in their hearts and minds. It's not about how corrupt we are inside or how well we abide by the law. It's not about fitting in with the crowd. It's about growing in God's righteousness. This can happen with people who read the Bible and with people who have never read the Bible nor gone to church. Following God's righteousness is following a set of principles. We have a spirit that guides us and teaches us. And this is how I first began to learn about God. Following God is seeing what God is about and applying ourselves to do likewise with increasing measure. We can do this. We can do God's will. We can grow in it. We can learn to detect whether someone is choosing God's righteousness in their thoughts and actions, if we understand what that righteousness is. I need to meet with others a few times to get a gist of where they are at. I need to meet with them a few times to witness progress. Each time I meet with them is like plotting a point. Meeting with someone one time provides one impression. It takes a few meetings to measure the impressions with each other to detect whether they are in stagnation or improvement. The Bible instructs us to be active according to God's righteousness. I'm going to read Ephesians 6.13-20 and emphasize the stated action points. I'm going to emphasize them because I believe they are very important. The actions I'm going to read are skills we can grow through practice. 
Just as the disciples learned, we too can learn. Ephesians 6, 13-20 Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. This is a choice. Take up the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, which is doing a lot of things, to stand. Stand therefore. Again, this is a choice. Having girded your waist with truth, that's an action. Girding your waist with truth, that means walking in truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that means prioritizing God's righteousness to grow in it and act upon it. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation. We take the helmet of salvation. We're taking it. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We're using the Word of God in our minds, in our words, in our actions. We're following it. It's in us. We're walking in it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. I encourage you to look up the word supplication. That is an attitude. It's very important to have a humble, uh, submissive, servant-like attitude with God and spiritual goodness. Again, all this is progress, not perfection. I'll continue. Being watchful. Okay, being watchful. This is uh, carefully watching every day looking at our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes, our desires, our interests, trying to write those, align those with God, renewing our mind, that kind of thing. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. There's supplication again. They're repeating it. So this supplication is an attitude for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly, to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I encourage you to look at the word ambassador and think about that. Ambassador of the gospel, of the mystery of the gospel. This mystery is all of God's goodness and righteousness. Love, mercy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, Forgiveness, compassion, it's all of God's goodness. That's the mystery. And sincerity and humility, that's, that's, that's a key. So this verse declares responsibility, our responsibility. I must choose to accept responsibility to take up God's righteousness into my thoughts, prayers, words, and actions. Either I choose to make God's righteousness part of my day's inward activity, or I choose not to. I have heard some Christians say, God loves you just the way you are. I believe this message is true, but that doesn't mean God loves our choices. It does not mean that God will rescue us if we choose to neglect our responsibility to grow with God. What kind of faith ignores God's righteousness and the growing in it? God loves us does not bring salvation. God loves everybody. God loves Judas just as much as any other apostle. 
God is love. God is good. God is always good to us and offering good. Yet many of us will not follow the instructions of Jesus to be saved. Many of us will choose against God's righteousness that can deliver us out of destruction. I'm going to say something here that can be uncomfortable, if I haven't already, but I believe it is very important. Let's discern carefully for truth, whether comfortable or uncomfortable. Judas was loved and taught by Jesus face to face, and it wasn't enough to deliver Judas from destruction. Matthew 27, 5. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. It was the choice Judas made that led to destruction. I think this is an important point to meditate on for a while. Jesus loved Judas. Judas was close to Jesus. Judas believed Jesus and probably witnessed many amazing things. And yet Judas was not delivered from destruction. Why would Judas hang himself? Why wasn't Judas saved? Because of his choices. I believe Judas experienced great remorse for his choices and actions. The inward brokenness destroyed him, and he chose hanging as an escape from such inward suffering. I relate to this feeling. I have spoken to many others who have experienced similar suffering. My inward suffering resulted from choices that missed the mark. God loves us. God loves the world. God offers good and right guidance in thought and actions. Yet to grow good within us, we need to act upon it. We need to choose it. God's love will not erase consequences from our choices. Jesus does not erase consequences from choices. When I hurt someone, I get hurt. And that just won't be erased. I can try to stuff it away or medicate it or distract myself from it and not think about it. But there's unresolved there. There's spiritual unresolved until I seek to right the wrong. Please keep listening to more podcast episodes to understand what I mean by this. Our response impacts our inward condition. Let's work through our intolerance over differences. Let's work to reduce our partiality to certain interests that can create conflict. Let's own our pride, vanity, greed, lust, fear, and idolatry. Let's grow God's righteousness in our thoughts, attitudes, words, demonstrations. Let's be more diligent to be truthful and fair without partiality to people. God is not partial and we are instructed not to show or have partiality to people. Deuteronomy 10.17 For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. Deuteronomy 20-21 You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise, and he is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. God does not become attached to a person to give them favor. We are to favor God and God's ways, not people. We love people because we love God, and we know love is good. 
God will favor us as long as we choose to be in God's favor. Means we think and act and grow in God's ways, in God's righteousness. God favors or prefers fairness and truth with love. If we choose to sabotage God's righteousness by not being in it, by ignoring it, then we will choose to be out of God's favor, of God's ways. Each of us will need to sort out this confusion with much reflection and conversation. Confusion is part of the journey. I mean, we live in a world that lives by some standards, and God tries to teach us another set of standards, and they conflict. Confusion will be part of the journey. We must travel in confusion toward resolve individually. We can't just simply rely upon information someone else is giving us. We need to walk through this. Review the words perseverance and endurance in the Bible. Growing understanding will require testing, examining, and experience. We will need discernment and sound doctrine. Some of us will need to improve our ability to discern and have sound doctrine. We will need discussion with a growth mindset. We may need to hear the same thing many times before we finally get it. And that's okay. That too is part of the process. Here are some more verses about God not being partial. Let's listen to it. Open our Bible and read it. And also discuss it with others to help this understanding become stronger within us. Let's view God this way each day and see how we can grow in such righteousness. Let's not fear nor avoid learning that is uncomfortable, especially learning how to grow in God's righteousness. Romans 2.11 For there is no partiality with God. Colossians 3.25 But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. Galatians 2.6 But from those who seem to be something... Whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seemed to be something added nothing to me. 1 Timothy 5.21 I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. 1 Peter 1.17 And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work. Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. James 2, 1 through 4. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of our glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a man Come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, You stand there, or sit at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Exodus 23.3 You shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. I think there might be some partiality to the poor. Leviticus 19.15 
You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. In righteousness, it says, to judge your neighbor. You don't judge because they're poor and give leaning. You don't judge because they have fine gold and lots of money. You judge in righteousness, which is character traits. To grow with partiality, I must fix my mind to see how I am abiding in God and Jesus as described in the Bible. Let's look at John 15, 5 through 8. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So if we're abiding in Jesus, we're bearing fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. So are not abiding in Jesus, we can wither. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, now here's a choice. Are we thinking about the words of God and abiding in them? And having those words abide into our faith and our actions and our attitude. So it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Now, if those words are abiding in me and I am abiding in them, then my desire is going to be for them, with them. My desire will be with God's righteousness. So when it says, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you, it is God's righteousness that I'm asking for and it will be done for me. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So all this is about developing God's righteousness within me to align myself with that. And what does that produce? Good fruit. If I'm not producing good fruit, I might not be abiding in God's word very well. I mean, I could do it for 10 seconds a day and claim to be doing it, but is that going to bear fruit? Might not. And then it finishes, so you will be my disciples. So the result of all this makes me a disciple. Jesus was only partial to God. Jesus teaches us be partial to God. Jesus lays out consequences from our choices. For me to choose God each day, I need to get God into my consciousness. I need to think about God. I need to consider God's interests, and I need to see how I can respond. Let's not be afraid of mistakes, but know that growth with God's righteousness will be good. Let's renew our minds towards God's righteousness. Let's just start with time. Let's spend 10 minutes a day to start out for a couple of weeks or a month and then grow that to 15 minutes and then just just grow that. It's not just about showing up. It's about really applying yourself inwardly, our contemplating, our reflecting, our seeking to understand as an investigator, as a student to learn. Let's grow in this. Let's think, speak, and act more with it and experience the results it can bring. How does being more honest and more sincere and patient and compassionate, how does that affect our relationships? Let's practice it, and then let's experience the spiritual good 
that that brings. Thank you for listening, and God bless.